0: Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, New York Islanders. We are joined by one of my favorite people to do this with, Dan Saracini. Dan, how are you?
1: I am great, Kelly. It's great to talk to you again.
0: Thank you. Dan is one of the writers at Lighthouse Hockey, which is one of my favorite SB Nation hockey blogs. It isn't Broad Street Hockey because there's a lot of funny people there, and funny people make me happy. Um, so let's hop right into this. Um, how are you enjoying being part of the absolute insanity that is the Metro division this season? Is it destroying your soul as much as it is mine? Because you guys are in a playoff spot right now, first wild card right now. But of course, these things are changing, like hourly at this point, which is enough to make you go crazy. But um, how are you feeling about the Islanders' playoffs chances this year?
1: I mean, I, I as I was preparing for this and thinking about this, uh, it occurred to me that like, our two teams are both very similar in that they're both good teams. Like they're good. You know, I mean, you could objectively look at them and be like, this is a team that is good. They have, they have flaws, but they're generally good. And then I think that, you know, they're both probably in danger of being beaten out for a playoff spot by some other good, but flawed team, because that's just how this division is. And really, I mean, every team that's not the, I would say like, you know, lightning or blues, or maybe, Bruins is, you know, falls under that category of like good, but flawed. And uh, no, it's, it's, yeah. Soul destroying is a good way to put it. I mean, one of these days, I really wish that I would root for a team that was the only good team in its division. Like this is why I stopped kind of watching the jets because I couldn't take the fact that, you know, their division is three (laughs) awful teams and then one good team. And it's like, well, they're going to win the division every year because they're the only team that can tie its shoes correctly. Uh, this is no fun. It's no fun at all. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty mind-boggling, and you know the fact that the Islanders started the season with a 17-game unbeaten streak and have like slowly chipped away at that kind of lead has made it even more irritating. But uh, you know this is kind of where we kind of expected them to be, fighting for that playoff spot. You know maybe third, maybe second if they get hot again. But I mean it's it's been rough uh, and and not a whole lot of fun. It's um, Arthur Staple at the Athletic had a, a funny stat that I didn't even realize. This time last year, the Islanders had almost an identical record and an almost identical point number. But last year, it was good enough to be first place in the Metro. And this year, it's good enough to be fighting for the teams for the last playoff spot. So that's just Mm -hmm. how it is. You know, you're you're good, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's terrible.
0: (laughs) So the Islanders are heading into a pretty long stretch of away games, except for this game against the Flyers on Tuesday night. Um, how have the how have the Islanders been doing? First of all, in back to backs because you're playing Washington in DC the night before. Um, and has there been cuz with the Flyers they've been quite good at home and absolutely terrible on the road. <laughs> has there been anything like that for the Islanders or have they been pretty consistent throughout? Um,
1: they've actually, you know, it's always weird. You know, playing in two arenas is has its own set of, of oh yeah, course.
0: what even is home, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And so at, at Barclays, and here here is the, the part where I jinx them, of course. At Barclays, they've been pretty good this year, and, and into last year. Um, and on the second half of back to backs under Barry Trotts, they've been almost lights out. Like they've they had some crazy stat last year where I think they lost only one. Uh, back-to-back. This year, it's been – it's not – they haven't quite as been as lights out, but they do show a remarkable amount of resiliency in those second back-to-back games. Um, but, you know, on the road has kind of been a mixed bag. Like, for last year, they were really, really good on the road, and this year, it's, you know, kind of hit or miss. Uh, there was a stretch there right after that 17-game on Beaton Street where they just forgot how to play on the road, and it was like, you know, they would, they would win a game against Detroit – in Detroit only because, you know, they have more good players than the Red Wings, but the Red Wings played way better than they did. It just so happened that they just lost. And so it's, it's been kind of wild. And I mean, it, 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 they could go anywhere and more so than even last year, this team really is relying upon the goaltending. If the goalies show up and make enough timely saves, then the Islanders have a chance. And if they don't, well, then they don't. And it really doesn't matter where it happens. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's just one of the things with this team. Like, just a lot of things that don't make sense, but altogether they add up to a team that, you know, again, is one point into a playoff spot. And, you know, this time next week they could be two points out of a playoff spot or four points up on a playoff spot. So, I mean, who the hell even knows? It's it, it's, yeah. it's a hard team to kind of get a handle on, it. even for me, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I kind of know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> the Flyers, you're right, they're very similar. Um, yeah. so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, just um, because I think it's it's been kind of fun to watch. I caught a little bit of the uh, Tampa Bay game the other night. Um, Kiefer Bellows seems to have come in kind of like on fire for you guys. It's only been a couple of games, but he's been impressive. What should we expect to see from Keeper Bellows?
1: Well, uh, he was anointed the savior after uh, two games in the NHL. and then in That's the all third you game, need, really. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's enough. That's enough of a sample size. And then uh, but in the third game, he was uh, you know, he was all right. But he, he wasn't, you know, the, the whole team wasn't really, you know, they were playing the Lightning. And the Lightning basically did to the Islanders what the Islanders generally do to other teams. They just suffocated them and kept them out of the high danger zone areas. And then before you know it, the game was over. Um, he's a guy who, you know, I'll be honest, like coming into this season, he had not had a great last season and he started out this season just terribly. And he was a healthy scratch a couple of times. And it has been a couple of years since he was drafted. And you start wondering, what are they going to get out of this guy? You know, I mean, uh, Michael Dow Cole was a guy who came in with a a super high draft pick and he was expected to be kind of offensive guy. and, And he's with the Islanders now, but he's basically become an all defense player. Like he's the guy who goes into the corners and chips the puck out. And when it comes to actually putting the puck in the net, he's not really all that good. Although he's on a bit of a hot streak now, and you know, we were wondering, oh, is that, that's not what they drafted Keeper Bellows for. They drafted him because he scored a lot of goals. And then all of a sudden, he it was like he turned, somebody turned on a switch, and he came back from a healthy scratch and didn't stop scoring in the AHL for about a month and a half. And he, you know, he has like 15 or 16 goals down there, and they all came in that one stretch. It was Player of the Month, I think, for January or December, and. They've, we, people have been clamoring for them to call him up, and he finally did. And he looked good in the first game. And in the second game, he, he had two goals, uh, one of which came out of the corner. I still have no idea how it went in off of uh, in past John Quick. But, uh, you know, as long as he can uh, score uh, from sort of third-line position, that's been the Islanders' real kind of um, the, the hole in the armor this year is they have a, a third line. The first two lines are basically set, but the third line has kind of been a black hole whoever they put there, it just, it ends up being, uh, you know, a line that generates nothing gives up chances. And then you know, the team has to kind of scramble and a lot of the bigger guys have to play more minutes because of that. And if he can bring a scoring element to that line with Michael Del Cole and, and Derek Broussard now, you know, that's, that's good. That's something they've been needing all year. Um, and, you know, I mean, he did it one game <laughs> maybe he can do what he can. I don't know. Um, but uh, You know, I I think he's a lot like Oliver Wallstrom, who's another analyst prospect. Like, these guys want to play in the NHL. They don't want to play in the AHL. And, I mean, nobody really does, but these guys feel like they want to be there. And so when they get there, they want to stay. And I feel like he's going to really try and put in the effort. And, you know, if he doesn't, well, he's going to go back down to the A for a little while. But for right now, like you said, they're on the road. He's there. So this is kind of his audition tape. (laughs) It's got these games on the road against some really hard games. They got, they had the Lightning, they got the Caps, the Flyers, they got Nashville, Colorado, Vegas, all coming up. So uh, if he was going to make an impression, now was the time to do it. And so far, so good. But he's going to have to, you know, put in another couple of goals to to really make the, you know, team want to keep him here.
0: Another thing I want to talk to you about is goaltending for the New York Islanders because we saw this last season, and we're seeing it again this season. Um, you know, we're not talking about Traditionally, if you're thinking of like a lights out goaltender in the NHL, like Thomas Grice, it's not the first guy I think of. (laughs) Um, But for some reason, guys like Robin Lehner, guys like Grice under Barry Trotz put up these outstanding numbers, it seems, for over the whole length of the season. Is it something about the style of hockey that Barry Trotz employs? Is it the defense? Is it that these guys are just having great career years with the Islanders and, and nothing really makes sense because goalies are voodoo. What is it about the Islanders that makes these goalies so good?
1: Well, goalies are definitely voodoo. Let's establish that right yes. off the bat. We, we can know that for sure. So one thing we know for sure is that we don't know anything about them. Um, Barry Trotz has traditionally had with him Mitch Korn, uh, who is his goaltending, I guess, coach. But I think he's the goaltending supervisor for the Islanders and then their goaltending coach. Is a guy named Piero Greco, who uh, Lou Lamarello brought in, who was with the Toronto Marlies in the same capacity. And together these three guys have kind of you know made the goalies stars. Like you said, Robin Leonard, you know, I mean, it was it wasn't that Leonard wasn't any good. Like he was, he had good stats. He just put on crappy teams and was obviously battling tons and tons of personal issues. So once he got the personal issues straightened out and he came to play for a team that values defense, and I think that's where Trotz really comes in, is that he makes these guys play a style that is team defense oriented and I know that you know everybody wants that but you know the forwards are committed to playing D the, the D are obviously committed to playing D and they're committed to keeping teams out of the high danger areas and keep making sure the shots don't come from high danger spots and then getting the high danger chances for themselves so that's really the focus now this year the Islanders haven't been as good as they were last year at this a lot of that has to do with adam pellet being hurt now he suffered an acl injury he's basically out for the rest of the regular season at least if not longer um cal clutterbuck is also out for a while leonard moved on when well, they replaced him with Simeon brawlamov who was good for a while and he's been good so far this season but just you know it's funny how like one or two less saves don't sound like much but then they add up to you know stats that just aren't as good as last year so I think it's a lot of that. It's the teachings of, of Mitch Korn. It's the, the way they play defense. It's the players committed to, you know, not turning the puck over, although they do plenty. So don't worry about that. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a team mentality that, that does that. And the funny thing about Grice is, you know, I mean, I've watched him now his entire Islanders career, which is going on five years now. Is, he's our UFA at the end of the year. And if you look at the team's like historical goalie stats, he's really up there. I mean, there's a case to be made that behind like Billy Smith and Chico Resch, you know, guys from the dynasty and, you know, early you know, dynasty period there, Thomas Grice might be the third best goalie in Islanders history. Like his, he's got the wins. He's got all the save percentage <laughs> stats and all that stuff, shutouts and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's pretty remarkable because you wouldn't think that. I mean, they hired, they signed him to be the Yarrow Halak's backup. And all he did was turn out to be one of the best signings they've made in a long time. And Rick DiPietro is up there too, but that's because you know, they, for 10 years, they tried to get him in the lineup and yeah, yeah, yeah. have to collect just by accident. But uh, the hours in goaltending, especially since, you know, Billy Smith retired, has not been a great uh, matchup. But uh, Tom Skryce is surprising up there. When he leaves, whatever that is, I'm going to be very sad because he's a guy who just they throw him out there and he plays and he plays pretty well uh, for, you know, a guy who's really not making that much. And most most people have never heard of him. Like, they don't even think about him that much.
0: Yeah. Maybe I should have noticed that he was, he's been good for five years. <laughs> I only, <laughs> only noticed the last two. <laughs> no,
1: nobody, nobody notices the Islanders. Don't, don't beat yourself up about it. It's okay.
0: Yeah. It's hard to ignore now that you're actually good. Mm-hmm. Although we do have some arguments at Broad Street Hockey about what is going on with the Islanders and what kind of wizardry does Barry Trotz employ that makes this team actually good because they shouldn't be this good it's
1: but. I, I mean if i if i knew i'd love to tell you i really don't it's <laughs> there's just something about them and it's you know i mean I, i'm like a lot of you guys i mean i follow all you guys and, and i think we're all in the same boat that you know we want answers to these questions we want to know why you know that's what this whole advanced stats movement is all about why is this guy good why is this guy you know why is this yeah. guy why was he good last year but he's not good this year and uh i think a lot of it has to do with the way trotz plays and his preparation um but I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of it just has to do with an attitude that is different than it was. I mean, nobody, I don't expect people to know this because, I mean, who the hell watches, Barry, you know, other teams, coaches, post-game press conferences or something like that? You know, nobody does. But there's a difference in the way this team plays under Barry Trotz than it did under Doug Waite, under Jack Capuano, under so on and so forth, all the way down the line, back to Peter LaViolette back in the early you know, 2000s. There's a difference there. And I mean, the team itself, if you look down the roster, no, I agree with you. Like, they're not a talented team, but there's just something about them that they they found a way to mesh together to be mostly successful. And again, they're good. I have to remind myself that they're good every time they lose because, again, I you know, it's a lot like you guys with the Flyers. Like, you know, they, they lose a game and suddenly it's like, holy shit, these guys suck. Uh, they're, they're terrible. But then when they win a game, it's like, holy shit, these guys could win the Cup. You know, it's just like that every single night. And Very so, level headed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I I don't know. Like it's sometimes they can put together a string of games that is just like these guys know what they're doing. They're well coached. Their the system is in place, and all they got to do is do it. But then sometimes they show up and they just lay an egg, and you're like, man, these guys. You look at this roster. How the hell are they supposed to compete in this league like this? And I just I don't know. But right now Barry Trots is the face of the franchise. Like he's the guy who makes yeah. everything go. And and you know, they need help. They, they, you know, we've been clamoring for them to get some score or something all season and it still hasn't happened. And there's two weeks or whatever to the, to the uh, trade deadline. So maybe something will happen, but uh, you know, until then, this is, this is the roster. And I mean, again, if I knew exactly what was going on, I I tell you, but if anything, guys are having worse seasons now than they had last year, Jordan Everly and Anders Lee, for example, are playing very similar games that they had last year. They just the goals aren't falling for them. Now both of them can't—they can't couldn't shoot a fuck into the ocean right now. Everly's got the lowest shooting percentage of his career. The deflections aren't coming for Lee the way they were last time, especially on the power play. So I don't know, <laughs> but you know, there's a, there's a chance they could go into Washington and Philly and win both games, and there's a chance that they could go into both those places and lose both games, and you know, I'll be sitting here crying because they're gonna miss the <laughs> playoffs. So I don't even know.
0: I mean, honestly, I'm of the opinion that Barry Trotz is one of two, possibly three, actually good coaches. Like, the only coaches that (laughs) actually make a difference as far as improving the natural talent of their monsters.
1: Oh, yeah. now He's he's completely changed how I think about coaching. I mean, this is what happens when... You know, your team just basically every time they fire a coach, they call up the guy from the AHL and you wonder, what the hell difference is this going to make? It doesn't mean anything, you know, but he's come in and he's just changed. Everything. I mean, even the players are like he came in and from that first practice that first year, he put them through hell. And they said this was the hardest, you know, training camp uh, first day we've ever had. And that just set the tone. He just, you know, he's very calm and he's very you know again, well well uh prepared and and obviously he's got the the backing of the general manager, and those two guys have just been like, "This is it, this is the team, so we're gonna have to go win games. There's no like, yeah, you know, we didn't have it tonight. no, nope, you' lost, and that's it, or you won because of this. so it's uh, again, I don't expect a lot of people to realize that because nobody pays attention to the Islanders you know until they're playing them that night, but uh, there's a huge difference. trust me.
0: so what would you say is the biggest that the Flyers might be able to exploit in this game to get a win? Uh,
1: uh, Well, offense, for for one thing. (laughs) The Islanders' offense is, uh, again, it's just there's there's some guys that just aren't, you know, falling. Um, You know, speed has always been the biggest problem that the Islanders had. And when you watch that playoff series with the Hurricanes last year, the the first two games were actually very close. And, I mean, had the Islanders won – one or both of those the series would have gone very differently but uh even in those games like just the team speed teams with speed have given the islanders a lot of problems and they're again they're they're smart and they have a game plan but you know if you can just blow right by them that game plan just goes up in smoke so that's the number one thing i would do but uh you know if you the number one thing you don't want to do is like fall into their trap and and let them literally in this case and let them kind of dictate play because once they do that they can choke the life out of you. And that's when I, you know, retweet. like, oh, my God, these guys are so boring. Who could watch this? Well, I watch it. If they win, then I'm happy with boring. Boring is good. But that, when the game is boring, that's when the Islanders have you in their grasp. You know, yeah. when they're going back and forth and, and there's, you know, odd man rushes and stuff like that, that's when they're off their game. That's that's the telltale sign that something is wrong because they generally don't give up odd man rushes. But teams can, can exploit them with speed. Uh, are the Flyers fast enough to do that? I, maybe, I guess. I don't maybe. know. Some yeah. guys are. Yeah, some guys are. Maybe not so, you know, the, on the bottom two lines, maybe not so much. But uh, that's that's the number one thing I would say.
0: The Flyers have been doing a lot of stretch passes recently. Mm. It's, it's a very interesting. It's like something it's one of those things that I've that they've been doing so often that one day I was just like, hey, they're doing a lot of stretch passes. What's that about? <laughs> It worked out for them um, the other night against Washington. Yeah, a couple that led to goals, but I don't know what Washington was doing in that game. They kind of just yeah.
1: <laughs> that was uh, it's funny because uh, just before the All Star break, the Islanders played the Caps, and they were up four one after two periods, and it looked the same thing. Like we're like, well, what is going on with the Caps here? They've you know already checked out and are on a plane somewhere to you know Turks and Caicos or wherever they were going. But the Caps remember, remember there was a hockey game that day, and before you know it, they scored six goals in the third period and won six or five goals in the third period. And one six four. So you guys didn't get that portion. That that was reserved only for the Islanders. You guys didn't get that. Portion. So <laughs> consider yourselves lucky. But yeah, I guess you know it can happen. So uh, but uh, yeah, that's you know I, the stretch pass is something that could beat them. But again, if you know if you try it too many times, they'll catch on. They, yeah. They're also good at making adjustments, you know, in between periods. So if they come out and have a bad first period, there's always a good chance that they come out and have a, a better second period. And you know, not for that's nothing, good. but. Uh, uh, when Vino was coach of the Rangers, the Islanders had a pretty good record against him. So mm. you know, I assume he's changed his tactics a little bit since then, but
0: you never know. It seems like it, but that's that dang Barry trots making adjustments <laughs> like a yeah. good coach would do. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, are there any players on this roster that you think we might not have on our radar, but that you think we should be keeping an eye out for?
1: Well, the the roster has changed so little that I would think that most people who watch the Flyers regularly know this team inside and out because the guys just don't change. The names just simply don't change. I guess Bellows is one, but everybody's already heard about him coming up. But uh, I I would say to keep an eye on um, the Brock Nelson-Anthony Beauvillier combo. Uh, Again, they're both guys who Flyers fans probably know pretty well. Nelson's been around now for a long time. Beauvillier is only 21, but this is somehow like his third or fourth season in the league. And um, (laughs) – Both of them have really, really uh, had resurgences under Trotz. Like they've really, Nelson, it might be, since Trotz took over, him and Pellic again, who's hurt right now, were probably the two guys that have, have benefited the most, that he's really taken them under his wing or given them some kind of confidence and, or instruction to play and become really different players. And so Nelson's been really good. He's probably been the best forward outside of Barzell this entire season. And him and Beauvillier have a thing. Uh, they have a real connection going and, and they can really take over a shift or take over a game uh, before you know it. And earlier this season, they had been playing with Brassard Again, Brassard has moved down to third line center now and Josh Bailey has been on the wing and you know, it's, it hasn't been quite as good as Brassard. And, and Bailey are two very different players. Um, but those two guys in particular are two guys to notice. And before, you know, if, they get, if the Flyers get pinned in their own zone, it wouldn't be surprising to see that, you know, 18 and 29 are the two guys that are doing it because they can do that um it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to score because again this team is almost snake bitten you know somebody's always ends up snake bitten at the end of the night but uh those are two guys i would watch for sure
0: okay the very last thing i'm going to ask you as always is for a prediction for the final score of the game
1: so i know you're going to ask this and so i thought about it and uh-huh. i think <laughs> i think it really depends on what happens the night before like you mentioned they're in Washington. Uh, Alex Ovechkin has two goals from 700. I guarantee he's going to get both of those goals against the Islanders. I guarantee it. If if, if not three and end up with 7-0, <laughs> I would literally bet my house on that that outcome.
0: I don't know. Um, I had the same thought going in that Flyers game.
1: Nah, I was like, well,
0: at least we're going to get to see 700.
1: Yeah. Nah, but nobody nobody likes torturing teams more than the Islanders. Like, that's, you know, Crosby <laughs> does this. I, I swear to God, every time Sidney Crosby's been hurt – and he's come back. He's come back against the Islanders every single time. I mean, I don't have that like, you know, on a stat sheet somewhere, but I would be willing to bet that it's happened every single time. Anyway, so that, 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 that being said, they, they could possibly win that game. I think a lot of what's going to happen in the Flyers game is going to be dictated by that Capitals game. If they lose to the Capitals, I actually would expect them to come out. Really, you know, determined to take that Flyers game, and that would probably give them a better chance of winning. If they win the game in Washington, I can see them kind of coming into Philly on an empty tank, and you know, maybe having a good first period, and then eventually just, you know, kind of falling the wheels come off, and then it's a, you know, the Flyers end up winning that game. So it, it could be anything uh from there. This is—I I didn't even notice this; these two were back to back. And as soon as I did, my friend and I, Michael Lieboff, on our podcast, were like. Man, this is just gonna suck. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> you know, you, you want to watch, but at the same time, it's like terrifying. It's, 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 uh, who made the schedule? I don't understand. Oh, we didn't think these two teams were gonna be pretty good. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with that game. So we'll just have to kind of see. I, I, you know, but it's also Flyers Islanders. So I mean, a shootout is always possible because these two teams are so much alike, and these, you know, they, they're they don't really have a whole lot of differences between the two of them. So it could go bad that way too.
0: Yeah, I think the last game went to a shootout if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. It's always a, few months ago. a few months yeah. ago, because, as you say, the schedule makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. And oh, somehow yeah. the Flyers, like, every single one of the remaining games is against a Metro team, because why not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, the Islanders didn't play the Rangers until January, and then they played them three times in eight days. It was like a playoff series. Oh, my God, it was awful.
0: <laughs> I think, that, like, whoever programmed the yeah. scheduling-making robot this year, like, somebody put in a... A wrong line of code or something. Everything is weird. This whole schedule was bad yeah. this season.
1: Not a single person I know is happy with the schedule yeah. this season. So what
0: do you got to do? So I'm gonna say because I've decided that I'm going back to optimism for this hockey team. <laughs> because they absolutely cannot afford to lose a game to any of these Metro teams right. that they're chasing. <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on the optimism and I'm going to say even though the Flyers are back to back too, they've got Florida the night before. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say uh, uh three two Flyers.
1: Yeah, that's sure. It'll be sounds about
0: I can see but that, I'm hoping, you know. Hoping for that one.
1: Right. And you know, right now there are two people on a Panthers podcast saying, you know, the Panthers absolutely one hundred percent cannot lose this game against the Flyers, so they need right? to take it, you know, so <laughs> Yeah, it's just this whole division, this whole conference is just like, there's two (sighs) good teams and everywhere three good teams and just everybody else, so.
0: And throw both our teams in the Pacific Division and we're in the playoffs. Oh, don't even get me
1: started, yeah. So infuriating. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: know. All right, Dan, well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was fun, as always. Yeah, anytime. This is great. Yeah, Dan is again at Lighthouse Hockey. You can catch him there. And what's your podcast called again? I always forget.
1: Well, we have have three. We have Islanders Anxiety, which is my friend Michael Leboff and I just talking about Mm -hmm. the Islanders. Uh, We have my favorite Islanders game where Islanders fans call in and tell us a story of their favorite game experience. And then we have uh, Islanders Award winners where I talk about an Islander who won uh, a major NHL award that year and all the things that went into that season and the competition and stuff like that. So if you're into hockey history and you don't mind the whole Islanders focus thing, check it out. It's uh, actually kind of neat. It's a little different than your usual hockey podcast.
0: That sounds great. I'm like taking notes because those seem like good ideas to steal. are all <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, go for it. I mean, yeah, definitely a lot of uh, awards in the uh, Flyers trophy case, so you can.
0: Do yeah, that you. yeah. All right, Dan. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope it's a good one. I think it will be.
1: Yep. You too, Kelly. Good luck against the uh, Panthers. All
0: right. Go Flyers.